inflation and equal weighted S&P 500 index and a few individual stocks and a midday uh, market update. Okay, I'm Rich Parson. It is uh, 12.27 p.m. for Critical Point, October 27th. The PC inflation report uh, this morning was basically a non-event. The market didn't seem to pay much attention to it. Uh, we have annual headline inflation about the same as the prior month and also when you're looking on year on year uh, basically left the same uh, so we pretty much mimicked the cpi inflation report that we saw early in the month that also was pretty much unchanged as you dig deeper you find the core inflation on month on month uh, was a bit stronger than the polls suggested uh, so the pollsters were off the mark a bit but it didn't seem to bother the market all that much and all it does show is we've recently seen a slug of good consumer spending uh, now some people don't like to hear that they don't think that good news is actually good news and negative but the stock market didn't seem to make much of this, and I've updated this in the modeling, I've updated in charts, and basically, yeah, I don't see much out of the PCE inflation report. So next, um, um, we've had a consumer uh, confidence or sentiment reading. I've still got to get a hold of that data. It should have been out uh, a while ago, actually, and we need to plug that in a little bit, but I don't think it's going to change anything in the near term, okay? Uh, I don't have anything on the long-term inflation. I realize it can tick up uh, next year uh, sometime and only to slip back. And I think it still slips back into 2025. But I'm inter reading some interesting discussion from a variety of sources of how, you know, we're stuck with elevated inflation for some time and probably elevated uh, interest rates. And the interest rates may perform better than inflation. And some of this is relinking to international, global issues, uh, uh, some kind of brand new type of Cold War, uh, where these countries just don't trust one another, they don't get along, and that it's a bigger issue. Again, you may want to check out John Author's Point of Review, free newsletter, it's emailed um, at Bloomberg.com. Uh, I still have to get caught up on some of the things uh, John has written this week, but some of them were fascinating of uh, some of the people he was quoting that are discussing all this global issues of countries just not getting along and it's impacting global trade and business. And it's all boiling down to just raising the cost of anything and everything is the way it looks to me. And it makes it inflationary, but it also makes it uh, keeping the interest rates higher uh, and longer, okay? And so a lot of people just feel like this is means less for the stock market. Well, I still view that as only a headwind and we still got good bull markets coming and we can have at least brief moments that we fix some things. But at the same time, it makes me wonder, maybe these headwinds are more serious than I think uh, going further and, and it's gonna be even more difficult to squeeze money out. But I don't see this breaking point yet of somebody uh, breaking things down. I mean, let me once again explain that when you look at history going back 100 years or longer and put history alongside these decade bull and bear markets, decade-long economic growth, and then the once-a-decade primary cyclical recession that sometimes was even depressions, okay, you find that this negative bad news, there were similar. Everybody's saying this is entirely different. No, it's, it's, there are some similarities. And if you learn how to index it, uh, kind of simplify it, you know, is it 
bad, then how bad? You know, give it a ranking. Is it good? Well, then how good? Give it a ranking, okay? <clears throat> when you look at that, you find we really had times when the world should have blown up and yet the stock market just kept going higher, the economy kept growing anyways. But it was that bad of scaring news. And then it did make an impact in the stock market on a short-term basis. And it did cause throttling down at times in the economy, but rather short-term relative to the really long-term pattern of economic growth for a decade. So this bad news works the best when the business cycle says... It's time to have a recession. Then it's like everything hits the fan, everything breaks, everything burns up, and this and that, and you get your big down move, and you say, aha, see, the information worked. But the problem is you might have spent 7 to 12 years okay, fighting that, missing out of profits in the stock market, holding back your business, holding back your career, when things just moved on anyways, even though it was so bad, Okay. It's just bizarre how it works. And so I still see this at the moment, but even I'm thinking, yeah, but, you know, if the stock market is going to drop another 20% or something, that's not that, you know, that's not a serious problem for the long-term bullish forecast. But the point is, you and I won't like it, okay? And so can we have some of this bad news that breaks the market down somewhat? It's not the bone-crushing bear market. It's not a recession or depression but it still rattles us and slaps us side the head. So I'm looking out for those as best I can. And yes, there are people uh, that uh, are definitely aggressive working at this. And this is some of the selling. Some people are saying, this is getting too complicated, all the things in the world. I'll just keep having my little sell stops, you know, uh, sell it, uh, sell when my stock of whatever is $100. Well, if it goes to 90, sell some. If it goes to 80, sell some. Goes to 70, sell something. Kind of reminds me of what I experienced in the early 2000s now that I think about it uh, during that uh, recession and bear market. any rate, uh, that's a wrap up here on the inflation side. And do check out John some of John Author's stuff here. But something else we now want to look at is over in the markets, if we look at individual stocks and people are concerned, the Magnificent Seven is what John Authors called it this morning. There's other people saying that. Some of these stocks that were pushing the entire stock market higher, maybe 3,000 types of stocks went up, but really when you looked inside, most of them were going down or they were up somewhat, and it was really just a handful that were up a lot that pushed that entire group of stocks higher in indexing, okay? Well, I'm looking at Netflix right now, and I see it had a bad month last month. It started out bad this month. It's already positive this month. I think Netflix is good just from a visual observation. I'm not a stock picker. I'm not running models on Netflix. I don't know what they're doing inside. I know what they produced. I wished I bought it 10 years ago and set on it. And instead of worrying, jumping in and out along the way, because with all the stock splits, you're probably way ahead. But you've probably been shaking up, shaking up at various years. And this one, <laughs> or uh, 2021 into 2022, you were probably pretty shaken up. At any rate, um, the trend has been up uh, since July of last year. It bottomed ahead of the stock market. And I don't know, we got a pause reversal as though it's thinking about trying to move up. So if we move over to Google, and yes, they have legal issues and they have trade issues in other countries. Well, so do all these large companies, especially if they're global. So it's down for the month and it actually went to a new high for the year this month. And now it's down. But I look at it and it's up quite a bit. 
okay, since late last year when the overall stock market bottomed long term. It, so far, it looks a little shaky, but at the same time, I kind of think, you know, the trend's still up. It doesn't have it, hasn't damaged that much. And really, for this business cycle, it should go higher into next year. But again, I don't know how accurate I'll be on this. Amazon looks pretty much just like Google. Uh, in fact, even better. Um, looks more like what I just saw on Netflix, that last month it was down, and this month it's down, then up. It's like it's, it's trying to bottom, put a floor in here, even with some news that when people didn't really care for Amazon, it's already covered from the bad news. Tesla, I don't think is that important to the economy and these major indexes, but uh, fundamentally, but it is mathematically important to some of these indexes, unfortunately. And that one's had a bad month, but I, I noticed a while back when it bottomed earlier this year, I said, I'm not convinced it's truly bottomed long-term, but I think it's going to bottom on the way up. It's just not going to matter. So it's having some of its problems, complications, but I kind of get it. And I, I guess I just don't have any useful opinion on it. And I don't think it's a big driver, but it is on my list. And it's on a lot of people's lists. Okay, uh, Apple uh, had two bad months that almost look exactly like the stock market. And this month it went up and then it went down and then uh, actually went down, then up and then down again. And uh, it's kind of just setting where it's only a little bit lower than last month after all of that. Now, the monthly chart the indicators don't look that good for it. It is a nice retracement, but it's really just doing the same thing as the stock market. And, of course, it's supposed to be one of those big drivers of those handful of stocks that move the stock market. So there's really no useful insight from Apple. I, I don't see where it's devastating and has been destroyed and going to have a major bear market. In fact, it's high this year. Uh, was record high at least since 2018. I don't have the full chart here. So, um, so it actually made a new high this year, which is pretty impressive. And it's pulled back, and I don't know. I, I don't see anything outrageously bearish about it, but it's in line with the stock market and that it's uh, worked uh, lower. And it just looks like uh, several of these uh, have done the same thing. So um, I don't know as I have a lot of good insight from that, but I'm not convinced these major companies, uh, I think they've just been beaten up here in the earnings season, frankly, and seasonal trading. And I don't think it really... I don't think they're all that bearish, and I think there's probably going to be some rebounds at some point, and in theory, if that relationship continues to work, it ought to push the overall, overall stock market up somewhat. Now, as we go to the, um, the fund uh, symbol RSP, and it's called the S&P 500 EW Invesco uh, ETF fund, uh, that uh, is equal weighted S&P 500. You don't have that handful of major companies in there making such a big influence. And you can see that's been going down since July. Well, really, the overall market's done. It's probably going down faster. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't look like blood-curdling bearish. It just keeps marching lower, basically. It doesn't rally as well as the rest of the market uh, uh, when those uh, major companies, a handful of companies, rally well. Uh, it, in theory, should have had a deadline for a level three bottom yesterday, and it didn't do it. It's lower today, and it's on the lows today. So we still have a problem that the bulk of the stocks aren't performing well. And I don't know if that fund is, uh, or this equal weighted uh, index concept, whether is that an indication uh, that we will be wrong here on the S&P 500 uh, with the idea that this market is, 
should have bottomed yesterday for level three for the latest. Now, as I look at the another type of fund, uh, MVV's assemble ultra mid cap 400 2x fund, so you make twice as much, lose twice as much. That went to a new low for the day, and that's your mid size mid size cap. Uh, stocks that are not performing that well. So if we go over to the S&P uh, 500 futures here, uh, basically got them off, um, I think is, let's see here, I'm going to have a reading of 41.55. It hasn't taken out yesterday's low, because, but it's kind of revisiting it. And I kind of got a gut feeling that I think especially if I'm willing to get involved in very short-term trading, even though I'm trying to be an intermediate to long-term type trader investor, I must say if it takes out yesterday's low in the futures, I think I'd rather be out and just see what happens on Monday and see what happens going into uh, the November 1st uh, Federal Reserve event. And by the way, news next week should be PMI manufacturing, probably not going to get the services to the following week, and therefore we won't get the combined PMIs the following week. But these PMIs will give a clue of how GDP is going. Um, now, they're also behaving much different than any time, so I've discounted the importance of PMIs, but I still watch them, and, and so do a lot of other people. Now, next week, we probably should get the jobs report for October. That could be quite important, make people emotional. I'm assuming that's on Friday because it's normally on Fridays. Okay, and then we have the normal weekly stuff coming in. We still have quite a few earnings coming in, and then much less after that. Um, then, uh, and then, of course, we have the Fed Reserve, and I think I'm missing something. There's something else to do, okay? Um, at any rate... The, uh, the trend still looks down here for the stock market. Uh, I want to double check on the S&P 500 cash here, see if I see anything going on. And I don't. And then I'm going to move over and double check on some of the intraday stuff. And I don't know, you could argue it's trying to base build here, but it's making me nervous. It's testing yesterday's low a little too long, a little too much of what's going on. And so, granted, it may be a trap to be turned bearish if it takes out yesterday's low, but I kind of feel like, I, I think there's a fair number of people that were hopeful for a bounce today. They took a stab at it, but they may be the only traders because I've so often said we lose a lot, a lot of the professional traders on Fridays and Mondays. And some of them, they only take one of the days off, some of them maybe two. And I think we just get less business, okay? And so the real business is back on Tuesday, and then they have to rush and prepare for Wednesday when the Federal Reserve wraps up their Tuesday-Wednesday meeting and lets us know whether they're going to raise interest rates and whether they want to keep pounding uh, interest rates in the future to just keep pounding on inflation. At any rate, um, not looking too spiffy here. I would have thought we would have seen a little better uh, response here uh, on that. And then... Um, and so to get back to that inflation story, uh, yeah, pretty much unchanged. But you could see in the core, it was like 0.7% increase when I think the traders only thought four. So we know the consumers did some business there, okay? And to me, that's helping with the GDP, but apparently people don't care today, uh, okay? And now I want to check on trueflation because that was put in the model last night, but I don't know if we really have the latest. 
Um, still doesn't look good on their new aggregated study. It's still an uptrend. So I got 2.31%, the latest reading uh, from Trueflation. It's been down to 2.1 or 2.09 or something this year. So it did recover uh, better than I wanted to see. Then it's kind of just eroded and it's choppy and sloppy here. And I think it's just going to bounce along in this low 2% area, waiting for the government to catch up and come down. And the government's last CPI report was 3.7%, which was unchanged from the prior month, which is a bit odd, okay? And it's concerning people that it's holding up better than it should, even though it's come down a huge amount. I mean, we were in, what, an 8% area, and trueflation was at 11%. Now trueflation is 2.31%. The U.S. is at 3.7. We've done a lot of work. That's great. It's wonderful. But they want more than that. Quite a few people want more than that. Federal Reserve wants more than that. And we need a break here in this next report or the following to help us decide, is this stickiness? Is this inflation going to start easing up? Or are we going to get back in line and go down? And according to the trueflation and according to other sources and private sources of what's going on in inflation, some people think we're already below 2%. You know, it just seems like we ought to move from 3.7 down to 3.2 to 3. And I think people start to worry even less about inflation. They're worrying less than they used to. They're just worried about the interest rates in the Fed Reserve and then now all this geopolitical stuff. But I think uh, they'll be worried less if we can see that 3% level, okay? Uh, it'll make them a little happier there. So that's inflation story. And as for the stock market right at the moment, the S&P 500 cash, is about breaking even on the day really wasn't what i hoped for and i think what's really going on here is the market is just so tired and exhausted and beaten up enough that people are saying let's just go home uh go for the weekend early uh, don't sell anything or try not to sell anything but don't buy either and they're just saying let's start over again on monday and start preparing for what's going to happen on wednesday as well as all the rest of the days of the week and all the other data and reports that are coming in. And then they'll reevaluate whether or not they're just going to keep on selling uh, after that Federal Reserve meeting, which I'm assuming is the most important piece of information. And probably the jobs report is second. I think PMIs really aren't that, they're not as important as they used to because everybody knows the slight disconnect here. So anyways, now I got the SP off about a point here. It's soft. The NASDAQ, interesting enough, is up 108 and not paying any attention to the S&P 500. And the Dow Jones is down 172. And it had been the stronger one. So something's going on with a small group of stocks in there, but it's not the tech stocks that were beaten up recently in the NASDAQ, interesting enough. And I'm going to check on the interest rates, see if that has anything to do with it. Uh, we have the rate up just a little bit here, 4.877, up 0 0.032, and I'm just going to check the one-day chart for kicks. And you can see it's just been fluctuating up and down all day long. It doesn't seem to have any trend or any mindset of a direction in interest rates, and I think that's causing the stock market to just try to do a whole lot of nothing here. Uh, but, uh, and again, it's probably just because people are saying, gosh, what another ugly week here. Let's, uh, let's hope we can just go home and forget about it. But having said that, that kind of neutrality will, I think, is a reason to be a little concerned. Maybe by the end of the day, they give up and sell a little more just because they were frustrated that, hey, nobody really come in here 
and bought this market in a serious manner. Any rate, I'm hopeful yesterday's low holds just for analytical purposes. You know, it probably won't work. Um, they probably got to put it down, if not today, uh, early next week, as they continue to prepare uh, for the Fed on Wednesday. But um, at the same time, you know, there's that chance it won't. Right at the moment, this looks like to me we've lost most of the buyer and sellers, and there's a bunch of kids running this market here uh, up and down during the day, and they really haven't accomplished much of anything in either direction. And interest rates, bond prices, and the stock market. Past results and outstanding ticket futures results. Have a great weekend. Thank you.